Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall. I'm your host. Here we are again talking about retirement, that longest self-imposed period of unemployment many of you will have in your lifetime. It could be 10 years. It might be 20. Heck, it could even be 30 or 40. It is what we call retirement. If you're looking to get safely through retirement, to navigate the various risks that you're going to face during those years, go to my website, retirementriskadvisors.com. Here you'll be able to get access to all the tools we have available to you. We've got educational resources, my new book, Getting Safely Through Retirement. Uh, all of that can be found there as well as getting access to us and my team and our ability to help you plan out those golden years. Today, we're going to be talking about a topic that, that's really near and dear to my heart. It's one that many people probably couldn't say that about, but it's reverse mortgage. And it's because I feel it's something that people need to know about, but you don't know about. Now, obviously, reverse mortgages are not for everyone, but I brought an expert in with me today, Steve Rush. He's the uh, Vice President of Retirement Strategies for Finance of America Reverse. He actually started the division that he, he covers in the reverse mortgage segment. Excited to have him with us today. Steve, welcome to the show. Thank you, Dave. Very happy to be here. Appreciate it. Steve, before we got on here, we were talking that it's been almost nine, maybe 10 months since we first had the opportunity of meeting each other. And I immediately fell in love with your passion for reverse mortgage. Again, a topic that I realize people just don't know enough about. And there's not a lot of great information out there about the topic. Many times it can be misleading. Right. And everything you said as we had the opportunity to talk was spot on with what people really needed to know. So talk a little bit about uh, why you founded this segment of your business to deal with reverse mortgage and how you got a passion for it. There's a couple things, actually. I am a financial advisor also. I've had my own practice since 1994. And everything was going along great till I had a reverse mortgage originator who came to my office about 15 years ago. And he kept wanting to talk about reverse mortgages. And I kept throwing him out. I said, my clients don't need this. And then finally, uh, after about six months, my gatekeeper, who was near and dear to my heart, said, please just let this guy have five minutes of your time. He's a really nice guy. So I said, all right. So the originator came in and he said, I don't want to talk about reverse mortgages, but let me ask you, could you better safeguard or enhance your client's retirements if you had an extra three or $400,000 available to you? And immediately, it, I went to all the financial plans that I have worked on. They look good on paper, but you kind of keep your fingers crossed that the investment gods will be on your side for the next 20 or 30 years. You see these gaps and you just hope that they are never a problem. So I started thinking about what could we do to help safeguard and enhance those plans. And that's what got me interested in the program. And I've been an advocate ever since, uh, since that initial meeting. So that's how I ended up in the reverse mortgage space as well. I'm not a loan originator, but I started this division with Finance of America Reverse, the largest lender in the country. And they were very, they bought into the concept of educating advisors. So they allowed me to start this division where this is what we do. We talk to advisors about using home equity. And if it's a, if it's a fit for their clients, we can provide a you know place for them to fulfill it. But that's not the ultimate goal at this point in time. We're still trying to raise the bar and educate everyone about the program. 
which is super awesome for me to be able to know someone like you because it is something that finally I went and did my own course on. You may or may not know that. I think we talked about it a little bit that I was so tired of seeing all of the misinformation that I finally put an hour and a half deep dive course on reverse mortgages called The Truth About Reverse Mortgages. The whole goal of us is just to educate, to talk about how they work, who should have them, the whole goal of that. Many people look at these as products of last resort. I know that that's not the case and obviously you do, but let's talk a little bit about uh, you know who these can be used for, maybe the segments of the population that should look into these if they're trying to better their retirement or help their retirement with the equity of their home. Sure. I have found, you know, in, in my own practice, and I deal with a lot of uh, mass affluent to affluent investors or homeowners, etc. And, uh, you know, basically where I'm seeing is if you have anywhere from, you know, a half a million to up to maybe two and a half million dollars. That's a nice clientele to work with as far as bringing home equity into the financial plan because they've got money, but we also want to make sure that that money outlast them. So bringing home equity into the financial plan can help safeguard those invested assets and make sure that they continue to grow and provide an increasing source of revenue for their clients. So that's kind of the demographic that I look at and I've found in talking with uh, advisors all over the country as well. That's where these things can make the most sense. To your point, I hate seeing them used as a loan of last resort. In fact, I would never, if, if the home equity is their last option, I would suggest that they look at other alternatives. I hate seeing someone spend down that as a last resort. I like to see it brought in to help safeguard everything else that they have as a part of a bigger uh, net worth picture. Yeah, and one of the things we need to remember as we look at our homes is oftentimes they're very unproductive. We've got a large asset for some people. It may be the largest asset they even have, and yet we're setting on somewhat of a gold mine, but doing nothing with it. Exactly. Yes. And, and you know, another thing I, I like to bring up too. One of the utilizations that I have for a reverse mortgage, uh, as I mentioned, I like to fill in gaps on retirement plans, and that could be maybe shortfalls in long-term care planning, or maybe they don't have enough backup funding for markets like we're having today, an alternative revenue source. And so what I like to talk to people about is the fact that, you know, if we look at what's happening in the real estate equity markets have exploded in the past couple of years, while the financial markets have been just churning. We've had some real stresses there. So people are afraid to draw from the home equity, but look what it's done in the past few years. So why not tap a little home equity to supplement your lifestyle so you don't have to keep draining from your invested assets that are going through a tumultuous time? We've all been through these tumultuous times. We know we get through them eventually, but the problem is being able to sustain our lifestyle while we are going through this. And this is where I think home equity can be a great solution to get us through that uh, through these rough periods, however long they last, year, two years, whatever it is. And as we look at it, it's really a tool. I think that's the other thing that we all need to realize, that it's a tool in a chest of tools that we use for our retirement. Something that I've been studying a lot here of late is how many years the market's been down at various times. I mean, some of those, it's been 35, 40, 50 years that if you had $100,000 today and you kept it invested for 30, 40, 50 years, you only had $100,000 when you got to the end of that. If you're in your working years, not such a problem because you keep adding to it and you've got dollar cost averaging. But as a retiree, 
that can be pretty problematic. And so now you've got this other uh, tool out there and we use principal protected products uh, such as annuities and insurance at times. But and you look at the reverse mortgage and understand too, and let's talk a little bit about it. Many people think, hey, once I get this reverse mortgage, I just got to get a payment out of this for the rest of my lifetime. Talk a little bit about why that's not true and some of the options people have. You know, the, the different options are, and again, the one that I like the most is a line of credit option. Uh, and just to quickly give you an overview on that, the line of credit, well, you qualify for X number of dollars on a home based on the value of the home and your age, right? So with those X number of dollars, you can take them in the form of line of credit or guaranteed payments for as long as you're alive or cash or any combination of those. What I like to do is use that line of credit because the available line grows and compounds at whatever current note rates are. So, uh, for example, if someone's got a $300,000 line of credit and they're thinking that maybe 20 years down the road, they're going to draw from their home to supplement their long-term care expenses. Well, in the environment that we're in today with interest rates around 8%, by the end of this year, that line of credit is going to be $324,000. So that's what's a, a nice feature about that. It's kind of inflation protected because that available line grows tied to interest rates, which, of course, are tied to inflation. So... That's one opportunity. Now, if you choose to take an income stream, you can almost annuitize, per se, your home equity and have a guaranteed payment for as long as you're living in that home. And the one thing that's nice about that, though, versus an annuity itself, you can always change your mind. So let's say you start out taking X number of dollars per, mo per month and, and you think you're going to do that for the rest of your life. And five years down the road, you say, you know, this is too much. I don't need all this. You can change that, where, as we all know, with annuity, you can't. Once you start that annuity, it is what it is. So that's a nice feature as well. Yeah, it's amazing how flexible these things are and something that many people don't realize is that there are so many options. Another one now that we'd like need to talk about a little bit is you talk about some very large equity loans. Uh, the one that we talk about pretty primarily is the home equity conversion mortgage, which is the government right. option, but there's some limits there. Can you talk a little bit about the government option and then maybe private options that are out there for those that have larger homes with more equity in them? Sure. Yeah, sure. The government has a what's called a lending limit. So for, for this year, it's 1089300 And what that means is that they will look at the first $1,089,300 of home value to calculate your insurance costs and how much money you can get in the loan. So you can still do an FHA loan on a $2 million property if you want it, but HUD is still only going to look at the first million or so dollars. There are proprietary products beyond the FHA that have loan amounts as high as $4 million, and those would be for home values probably up to $10 million in that range. The biggest drawback that we're seeing with those right now, and I have to tell you, a couple of years ago, we were doing a lot of business in those proprietary loans. Uh, rates were very good, and of course, home values were strong, and they were very attractive for higher net worth clients to leverage those homes for all sorts of utilization purposes. We had people starting businesses with them, uh, doing a lot of tax planning, funding, life insurance trusts, things like that. We're not seeing that as much right now because interest rates have really skyrocketed on those. And, and to be fair, we're probably looking in the 10% range on the proprietary loans right now. So depending on your situation, it may make sense to still utilize them. 
We're just not seeing a lot of it right now. People are kind of turned off by that rate. Even though there's never a payment required, you're still accruing debt against your property at a very high rate. So that's been kind of a turnoff. If you look at the government option, have the interest rates affected it as well, meaning positive, negative? What's the impact as these rates have gone up? Yeah, they, they absolutely have impacted it. Uh, as I said earlier, the available loan amount is based on your age, value of the property, but also current interest rates. And reason being simply is because there is never payment required, so you can accrue debt against the property at a faster rate, of course, with higher interest rates. So the loan amount is set by a formula by HUD and actually reduces the loan amount because of higher interest rates for the simple fact that HUD always wants you to have retained equity in that home. HUD does not want to own the home at the end of the loan. So... Now, in this environment that we're at, loan amounts are less than they were just two years ago, much less than they were two years ago. However, when you're looking at certain utilizations, like I mentioned, that line of credit, which grows at the current interest rates, we're seeing faster growth in the line of credit than we were a couple of years ago as well. So there's pros and cons to it. The main con, of course, is that the loan amounts today are less than they were a couple of years ago. Let's talk about a few misconceptions that are out there. One of the big ones I always get is that somehow the mortgage company is going to own the home. This is always a concern, especially for the next generation going, I am hoping I get something from my parents. And what I see is for some reason, this is going to be taken away or maybe even for my parents, I'll never be able to stay in the home. Can you talk about that a little bit? Yes, that is, that is to your point, that is the number one misconception. You know, and I, I speak all over the country at investment conferences to financial advisors, and I always ask them, you know, what do you think about when I say reverse mortgage? And it's always that, well, you turn over the house to the bank, you get money while you're alive, and when you die, they keep it. And it couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, it's a mortgage like any other mortgage in that you still retain title to the property. It's still your home. The main difference is that you don't have to make a payment. So if we think about that, we still have ownership of the property. We have all retained equity in the property. So when you die or pass on, you're going to pay off that loan however you can do it, whether you sell the property family refinances or whatever, but it has to be paid off just as any other mortgage would be paid off. But the lender does not retain the equity in that property. The lender does not want to be in the home ownership business, right? They're in the mortgage business. So we have no desire to own that property. Neither does HUD, the insurer, majority of these loans. Talk a little bit about the insurance side of things, uh, just with HUD and how that works. I know that's a big misconception for many people as well. Right. Yeah, HUD does insure, as I said, the majority of these loans are insured by HUD. The mortgage insurance does a few things for the uh, for the program. Number one, uh, it ensures that these loans are non-recourse loans. And, and what does that mean? It means that the loan is secured by the property and not by the borrower. So where this could come into play, I'll give you a, a very simple example. Uh, back in 2006, uh, my in-laws purchased a new home with a reverse mortgage purchase program. By the time we went through the market cycle of uh, you know 2009, when real estate values were slashed, and, and by the time they both passed away, they were still upside down on that loan. They owed probably about forty dollars or $50,000 more than the value of the property. So my wife and I just called the servicer at the time and said, this is what happened. And they said, fine, just sign over the loan to us and uh, send us the keys and you're done. And they just asked us to politely clean out any personal effects, you know, which was not a problem. So it was very simple. Uh, we owed more, but because it was a non-recourse, their estate nor 
us were not personally responsible for that loan. Nothing went on our tax returns. It's not forgiven debt that you have to pay income tax on as well. The insurance that you're paying for covered that. So we were protected. So that's one main thing with the insurance. Um, the other thing, you know, the insurance pool helps provide features such as that growing line of credit option that will grow and compound regardless of what happens to the value of your property. And I love this part about it. This is what actually really um, got me more and more excited about this program as, as time went by. After I went through 2009, when a lot of my clients had HELOCs on their homes, and they called me and said, you know what, the bank has just frozen my HELOC. Uh, they want me to pay this thing off. I'm going to have to sell some stocks. This is a terrible market. With the reverse line of credit, it cannot be frozen or called due to changes in the stock market, the home value. So you have this guaranteed pot of liquidity there regardless of what's going on. And to me, you know, if I'm looking at a 20 or 30 year retirement period and I want to bring home equity in to help safeguard that retirement, I want to know that it's going to be available when I need it. It's just like our government. When COVID hit, what do we do? We dump liquidity into the system to keep the economy going. It's the same thing. When you have uh, turmoil in your retirement years, you need liquidity available to you. So that's, again, great feature of the reverse and something that the insurance helps ensure that we have that program available. I get asked that question quite often. What's the difference between a home equity loan and a reverse mortgage? And oftentimes the discussion's only about one's got to be paid back, one doesn't. But I haven't really thought so much about the issue that those home equity loans oftentimes do get canceled. In fact, there were times that I had loans back in the 2000s when everything collapsed or business loans I had that said, hey, your, your credit limit's done. We're, we're not doing anything further here. It becomes very problematic if that happens. Exactly. We started to see that in March of 2020 as well. You know, the S&P took a 37% hit in February of 2020. And in March, the banks started shutting down their lines of credit. It was like, wow, this is not when you take away liquidity. This is when you need to have liquidity. So that's, again, that to me was the greatest feature. That line of credit is there for as long as you're living in that home. And once you close on that loan, the value of the line of credit is divorced from the value of the property. It's just does its own thing. It grows and compounds by note rates, regardless of what happens to the value of the property. One of the other comments that's often put out there, people saying that they're expensive. You've talked a lot about many of the benefits that come with the cost of putting these things together. Can you address that even further, just so people understand why there's some of the fees that are associated with these? Right. Yeah. The, you know, as far as expensive goes, you know, if you if you look at the actual closing cost numbers, yes, they're expensive. Why are they expensive? Because of that mortgage insurance premium on the FHA program. And I'll tell you, it's two percent of the value of the property. So if you're looking at if you've got a million dollar property, you know, 20 percent or twenty thousand dollars of that is going to be uh, mortgage insurance costs that you're paying up front. Is that expensive? Yes. However, you have to weigh what are the benefits that you are getting for this money. If you number one, if you're bringing liquidity into a retirement plan, uh, you've got a couple options of doing it. F refinancing with a traditional mortgage that's going to add a payment to your monthly budget. Selling the property, which uh, Zillow tells you to estimate 9% of the value of the property to sell the property. So, you know, and then you have to do something with that liquidity after you've sold it. you got to relocate and everything else. So it's all about what you want to accomplish. And I think if you don't look at this as a mortgage, but rather as a retirement planning tool, you can see the cost um, has value there. And, and the other thing that I always suggest is that you don't do this unless you're going to be in that home for a while, 10, 15, 20 years. 
So you can amortize those costs over that period of time and have it make sense financially. If you're moving out in five years, never do one. You're not going to recoup those costs in five years' time. And listeners, it's very important as you look at this, and this is, again, why I like Steve so well, is we're talking about the goods and the bads. I mean, there, there are situations we just need to understand what it is. And it, not that a reverse mortgage is good or bad. It's a tool that we can use. And for some people, it's going to be a great tool. For other people, if they put it in place, again, if you're selling your home in two years, it's a horrible tool. You never should have done it. But it's not the, the product itself. It's just how do we use them as people and how do our advisors help us implement them into our retirement? And again, with Steve, it's been great uh, relationship to know that that education is getting there, that people are getting informed. Well, one of the other areas that has become a big topic too with reverse mortgage is for long-term care planning. Obviously, long-term care is one of the biggest issues we have in retirement. We talk about it pretty extensively in our webinars and stuff. What are your overall thoughts of using a reverse mortgage to help cover some of those costs? Well, I, I actually love it. And, and to be honest with you, Dave, in my own practice, that's one of the big gaps that I've had with my clients' retirement plans. You know, sometimes we have some uh, long-term care protection in place, but maybe it's not enough. You know, when we're looking at, you know, 20 years down the road, are we really going to have enough there? And oftentimes I will suggest putting a line of credit in place, maybe to either uh, take the place of an insurance plan that we have or to supplement an insurance plan. Of course, every case is different. But as I mentioned, that line of credit that grows in compounds over time is kind of an inflation feature and you've got that money available to you. But meanwhile, you could be saving a lot of money. I have clients who are saving $10,000, $12,000 per year that they would otherwise be paying to have that same risk protection that they have now by setting aside a portion of their equity to manage that risk. So they're saving money over the long term, yet they're still managing that risk. That's one, one great utilization. The other that I like um, and I've seen is a lot of times we do have nice insurance plans in place. They're great plans, you know, but then you get into retirement and maybe that plan, which is great, is creating cash flow stress on the household. So you can supplement that cash flow with the reverse. Remember, all proceeds are loan proceeds, so they're not income taxable. So you can supplement your household cash flow and still maintain those policies that you have already put in place that are good policies and that you don't want to give up. I had someone call me not too long ago and $37,000 was their combined premium for their long-term care. They'd been paying this Steve, for 30 years, three decades, and it was a use it or lose it. They're in their 80s now going 37 grand. And what they ended up having to do was to reduce the benefits. They did give them that option saying, hey, you know, we gave you these wonderful package back 30 years ago, but now we're just going to eat it away because you can't afford it. And, and you're right. These, these can be good tools to be able to help. Now, one of the other concerns sometimes I hear brought up is uh, what happens if I end up in a long-term care facility and now it's not my primary resident? Anything you, you could add to that conversation? Yes. Well, first of all, you know, if let's say you've got a couple who are on title, you, you the loan does not become due until the last person has permanently exited that home, whether it's feet first or they've moved out, one or the other, you know. So once the last person is gone, then the clock starts for having to repay this. Um, and basically, you've got six months to repay this loan. And you can also get two 90-day extensions after that, providing you are actively doing something to repay that loan. You've got the house on the market, you're under contracts, you're refinancing, whatever. As long as you're doing something, you can basically have up to a year to get this loan repaid. So it's not like you move out and it's got to be paid the next day. You start a process of repayment and you have plenty of time to work through and get it, get this done. But 
again, refinance, sell it, whatever you need to do. Steve, I'm looking at our time and I cannot believe our time's come and gone. It's just so impossible <laughs> for me some weeks. To- it's like this year, Dave. Everything's just flown by. I know. It seems like we've been here for five minutes. I've got so many more questions in my mind. Uh, I guess at some point here soon, we'll have to do a follow-up show. But for those who are interested, I want to make sure they get your information for your company. Uh, again, we do not offer these products. We uh, refer people to, to you, in fact, to, to get these products. But if you could provide the information so people can learn more and, and find out if it is right for them. And again, the, the great thing about connecting with people like Steve and his company is you're going to find out up front whether it's the right option for you and be able to better understand how the thing works. Sure. Yeah. Um, I'll give you my email address. That's probably the easiest way to just send me a note. And it's a simple email address. It's strategies at far.com. So it's Finance of America Reverse. That's the acronym. Strategies at far.com. Okay, perfect. And your guys' website is? HomeEquityU, all one word, dot com. Okay, perfect. Well, Steve, thank you so much for being on our show. Dave, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Listeners, my name's Dave Hall. I'm your host. We'll be back again next week talking about another topic that's going to impact your retirement that, that, that you're going to need to look at to figure out whether it's going to improve that retirement, to keep your retirement on task where it is currently at, or if things uh, risk going to pop in that may impact your retirement negatively. But we'll be back covering each of those topics. Look forward to seeing each of you again next week. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show was produced by C.R. Talene and Autumn Koenig. If you're a CPA looking for more retirement education, visit retirementriskadvisors.com.